same as with Kate and Liz. Hey guys, welcome back or welcome for the first time. Um, I just want to apologize right off the top. I've already lost my voice. We've been <laughs> chit-chatting. I have no voice now, so I just want to apologize right at the top. Um, I might sound like I'm going through puberty or something a time or two throughout the evening, but um, just such a warning. A good, such a good sound for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I can feel like, so I'm going to be doing a lot of drinking of my spin drift here. And um, yeah, so um, hi, sorry, totally derailed us. Welcome, welcome, Hello. welcome. Hello. Yeah. And welcome. Um, welcome back. We're, we're starting a new series this week. We are. We are coming fresh off of our Famous Adventurers series, um, which that was a great one. I just feel like every time we just learn so much about each different subject. We're, we like to dibble dabble. So that's what we do here. And this week we are coming in hot with oh this one's always so intriguing famous disappearances think like famous fake deaths famous i mean true crime like i feel like some people are either super into like missing cases missing person cases or like disappearances and some people are like i can't deal with like not knowing right right what happened in this case yeah, You're yeah, one or the other. that way. I usually not a big cold case person. It kind of depends because I like to know, you know, I love like forensic files and knowing like the science and like how they caught the person and you know all that. Um, but yeah, I think so. This series, like some of the people may have been caught, some of them may have not. You yeah. know, I don't know. It could we be. Don't both. know. Yeah, I mean, so disappearances covers like a wide net I guess we'll we can just say that for sure um but oh and if you want to get in touch with us give us some ideas some topics to cover you can find us on Instagram at famous Kate Liz Kate with C or um you can send us an email that is famous Kate and Liz at gmail.com so yeah get in touch we would love to hear from you but so anyway so we're Focusing on famous disappearances, and this is our duet episode, so we're both going to be um, kind of sharing back and forth some things because this is, like I said, a super intriguing topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I think we've we've kind of slightly touched on this before with our famous phenomena and with um, just like some other series that we've done, and this actually was like. We were trying to do like famous vacations gone bad and like it just kind of kept coming towards like disappearances and like pointing us in this direction more anyway. So so we decided to go with it because they are so fascinating. Um, this one, like I, I remember like reading the headlines with you about this one a lot. Um, so I think it's just perfect. You know, I think that was a time in our lives when I, either we were like living together in college or something. It must have been. But um I definitely remember. Yeah, I re I remember this pretty much. I mean, like on the covers of, mm -hmm. you know, at the checkout line, yep, which yep. do they even do anymore? I don't even. They do a little bit. I don't yeah. even look. The grocery okay. Store. They do. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I think. I'm just not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely one of those grocery store 
magazine um, headlines. And so this week we are doing the disappearance of Patrick McDermott, which you probably may remember was the on-again, off-again boyfriend of your favorite Aussie singer and actress and mine, Olivia (laughs) Newton-John. Yours, mine, and ours. Yes. The world. So, and I think like, what you should do right now, if you're listening, is Google Patrick with a K, no CK, just Patrick McDermott, um, because you, when you see the specific picture of Olivia Newton-John and Patrick McDermott standing next to each other, like you're gonna be like, oh my god, yes, I completely yes, can okay. remember. It will take, it will transport you. This photo will transport you. Like that a, is a guarantee. Yeah, yeah. But so we're gonna get into it, right? Um, it's yeah. It's odd. I don't know if we there is even a solution to this case, really. I don't know if we know for sure what has happened, but it is fascinating. But before we do that, we wanted to just set up the series with a little bit of information on how people go missing and how difficult it can be, and some stats around just missing people in general. So I know you researched that for us. Do you want to get into it? Yes, 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 yes. So, well, okay. I was, you know, looking into this and then I'm thinking like, well, how many people go missing like per year or in what state the most or, you know, like in the world where or, you know, how many of of these people are like doing a fake death situation? We don't really know like how people just, Appear, right? There's a variety of ways people can disappear. Some people are abducted. Some get lost while hiking. Um, you can get lost out in the sea, like the Bermuda Triangle, which was another topic we discussed in a previous series. And, um, you know, some people disappear on purpose, like we were saying about faking your own death. Like you are purposefully trying to disappear. So, um, according to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons Database, nearly 600,000 people of all ages go missing every year in the United States. Oh, wow. That's a lot. So, 600,000. Yeah. And around 4,400 unidentified bodies are recovered every year. So, that's like nothing compared to the 600,000 like so those people just become like probably eventually cold cases I would imagine right I mean or or oh on the although another stat I have is like I don't even know if I did I have this in my notes but um it's like 99% of the people just like come back you know, which I think is why in a lot of these true crime cases we hear about, like, everyone's so frustrated why the police won't, like, check on their missing child or, you know, somebody you know is missing. And you're like, I know they're missing. Well, like, you personally might. But if departments are having to deal with, like, so many missing person things and then they end up just finding them, you know, it is kind of like, okay, if everybody's just calling in about a missing person's, like... Well, they have we to can't the stats, right, and their resources and, like, what they actually can do with, like, their own manpower, you know, of course. But right. um, 
like, you know, just because people are, are missing, like you're saying, doesn't mean that they're necessarily dead, you know, so, um, right. they could, like be living a different identity somewhere, or like you said, coming back, you know, so it, it, I kind of see how those numbers don't necessarily match up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, there's so many different, you know, cases here. So, um, the vast majority of missing persons cases are resolved pretty quickly. Okay. Like I just said, so, um, there were in 2012, there were, here we go, 661,000 missing persons cases reporting and more than 659,000. So, okay. So what is that? 2000, mm-hmm. I think difference between like that's unresolved is only 2000 out of 661. Thousand basically, nine thousand are resolved within the year, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So, okay. um, that makes sense. Yeah, ninety nine percent or ninety eight percent. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like a huge yeah. So of course it was like the next line in my notes. I'm like somewhere in my notes I might have put this. It's like the next thing in here. Okay, we're so professional, guys. <laughs> so professional. Um, okay, so additionally, researchers say that the number of missing person cases has declined over the past decade as better communication has made it easier to keep in touch with and track a person, which, like, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about tracking people. <laughs> like, the, um, what is it on the Apple phones, the iPhones, like, track your friend or whatever, like, you yeah, give people your location. Smart. I was just thinking more, like, your credit cards and stuff like that, you know? Yes, no, that too. But the idea of like tracking a person, it is like people are just sharing their locations with like friends and family and like Mm -hmm. you, which can be good if you really do become abducted. But, you know, like some, it just reminds me of the show you where (laughs) he's just like, like such a stalker. Like it just gives me stalker vibes. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't, if you're going out on a first date with someone and you want to share your your location with me, fine. But like, I do not need to know where you are at all times. Like, I just think that's weird to be able to know that. I would never really do it with anyone other than my family. I think I do it with my husband. Maybe I'm not even sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my husband doesn't even have a cell phone. So, (laughs) uh, and I don't even have an Apple phone anyway, but, or an iPhone. Why do I keep saying an Apple phone? I'm such a grandma. I can't, you guys. <laughs> such a grandma. Um, okay. Blah, blah, blah. So, still, there's more than 17,000 missing person cases and 13,000 unidentified body cases that are, like, open, active cases in the United States right now. So, um, that's a lot of people that they have families and, you know, loved ones who are wondering where the hell they are. So that's pretty sad. Um, okay. So it says California shout out. That's where you are recording from. Um, yeah. Well, guess what? largest number of missing people in California. And that does make sense because there's the most people in California. So, I mean, yes, we're worried, but I'll keep an extra eye out. (laughs) And there's like so many like 
mountainous terrain. Yeah, it, yeah. And, and like the 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 weather like changes so much depending on where you are in California too. Like if you think like, oh, I'm going on a hike like in California, like you might not bring some things that like you might really need for that terrain. Like you're not familiar with it. So I can see a lot of hikers as like the people being missing yeah. in California, honestly. Looking at your list that you're going to get to and a lot of those areas are very like um, rural or have, yeah, exactly. It's just stuff like that, that I, I was thinking the same thing too. Yeah. So... Okay, so it says California's rate of missing persons is fairly average, like overall, because at 5.4 missing persons per 100,000 people is what they base it on. So um, the highest rate of missing persons by far is in sparsely populated Alaska. So Alaska by per capita, I guess you would say, is yeah. the highest. Because they have 41.8 missing people per 100,000. So compared to 5.4 per every 100,000. So like you were saying, it's like way more populated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really like populated areas, obviously going to have more people disappearing. Um, But Alaska, I mean, is enormous and just it's grizzly country. Okay. Yeah. And (laughs) as we've learned go there to disappear like you're saying people who do stuff like intentionally will go to Alaska because it is so you know sparsely populated yeah ever read what's it called into the wild (laughs) into the wild yes I'm like Alexander super tramp or whatever his name is exactly (laughs) I couldn't think of the name oh god um, yeah, so I mean, I personally would rather be lost in California than in Alaska. Um, I want to go to Alaska, you know, it's on the bucket list, but don't want to be stuck there. Don't want to be disappeared and roaming the wilderness and or like locked in someone's basement <laughs> who kidnaps yeah. me. Um, okay. Um, let's see. Okay, so the state with the lowest rate of missing people is my state, Massachusetts. Isn't that so cute? (laughs) So cute. We have only 1.8 missing persons per 100,000. Oh, I mean, Massachusetts is a lovely state. People don't want to (laughs) leave. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. uh, Pretty soon everybody's going to be trying to get into California and Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, but there was recently in my county a missing woman, and it was like, I mean, all anybody could talk about, which shows you like, yeah, that's how few people do go missing around here. But but I think more and more like there's a a real ton of um like elderly places here and you know um oh god I can't even think of the word but anyway so there's a lot of places where like wealthy wealthy people send like their parents to live in facilities in the Berkshires that are like 
really, really nice, but also give you some like independence too. So it's not just like a nursing home where everybody's just like laying around, like people are like doing, doing their own thing basically. Mm-hmm. But a lot of, a lot of these people will like go out into the woods. I mean, or if yeah. you're just like living in your own house and you're old, you just like go out in the woods and then literally like get lost and not know why the hell you're like out in the woods. And then you like come to, and you're like, Oh my God, I'm out in the woods. Like people, like literally people are like freezing to death. Yeah. With dementia. Yeah. Because they just go out into the woods. Mm -hmm. And it almost reminds me of like when dogs like go out into the woods when they're going to die because they don't like want their owner to like, have to see them or something I don't know if that's why they do it but they do it for something that's like really sad and made me cry oh I don't know yeah like (laughs) oh you haven't heard that yeah it's like a thing like golden retrievers I think like most specifically like all of a sudden like a dog that for years would just like you just open the door and let the dog out in the yard whatever and then like they come back in but like there's a time when like they're really old and they just like walk out into the woods and like, just don't return because they know they're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. a thing. Google it. Okay. Well, yeah. So you know, sad. Down. <laughs> dog. Let me tell you about dog disappearances. <laughs> oh my God. I'm the worst. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the bad. Oh God. Disappearances, which for some reason right now don't seem as sad, even though they really are. <laughs> But not the way. <laughs> oh my god, I'm done. I can't. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm gonna get back on track, and um, I'm almost done with my little spiel here. So, as I was saying, Massachusetts is the state with the lowest rate of missing persons, and um, Rhode Island has the smallest number of missing persons. So they only have 20, but it might be like a higher per capita or whatever. So um, the 10 states with the most missing persons, like I said, California, number one, then no surprise, Florida, Texas. I mean, who wouldn't want to be gone from those states? (laughs) Sorry. If I lived with some crazy radical family, I would be like, I'm out of here. Like, I'm just going to be a missing person. I'm going to disappear right now. Yeah, exactly. I don't want these people to find me. Um, Yeah. And the crazy people who are kidnapping people seem to reside in a lot of those states, too. So I don't know. Uh, Yep. Isn't Florida, like, the most serial killers or something? I I don't don't know. know. I mean. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. But we just tend to have some more headlines from some places. I know we do. We do. So California, Florida, Texas, Arizona, Washington, New York, Michigan, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee. So. Yeah, like New England places, but Arizona, Washington, Texas, California. Florida, you, you know, Oregon, those all just like seem like they have hiking and, you know, mm-hmm. people go in the wilderness and lots of rural open spaces, too. Definitely. Yep. State parks. Mm-hmm. We know people love to abduct people at state parks. 
a real hotbed for that. Um, okay, and then, so I was curious, like, where in the world had the most missing persons? So um, Sri Lanka has the most missing persons cases per capita in the world. Interesting, okay. So I think it's really tiny, but um, I'm like, yeah, people probably go there on vacation, and then they're like, I never want to leave this place. And then they like fake their own death. <laughs> and then their significant other just like reports them as a missing I person. I wonder or like, I don't know, government's like, or, you know, if there's like a lot of kidnappings for drug, you know, cartel. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Or ransom, call, you know, it. like maybe kidnapping tourists and stuff like that for ransom. But. Oh yeah. So creepy. So creepy. Um, okay, so, oh, and then in my research, I also stumbled upon this interesting thing in Japan. So there's this whole culture and business that revolves around missing persons, which is, like, insane. So there's this thing called johatsu, and it means evaporating. So basically, you vanish without a trace. So most of the time, these people are like choosing to it's kind of like committing johitsu you like are purposely like okay i want to vanish without a trace so this became popular in japan in the 60s the 1960s (laughs) due to a crash in the economy so a lot of these are like suicide cases but also um people like really faking their own death. Um, But I'm thinking like, yeah, think like the stock market crash in America during the sixties. Like, um, you know, there was an increase of suicide at that time. Um, So in Japan, johatsu and suicide are both taboo topics, which I feel like are still in America too. Um, But they're both seen as like, super shameful acts in the cult, like the Japanese culture. So the reason someone might, you know, want to become johatsu, as they say, um, there's a number of reasons. So depression, addiction, sexual impropriety, a desire for isolation. (laughs) I'm trying to give that word too many syllables. Um, sometimes it's used to escape domestic violence, gambling, deaths, uh, religious cults, stalkers, employers, difficult family situations, the shame of a job loss, divorce, failing an exam can also motivate people to want to disappear. And in some cases becoming johatsu. What? That's so sad that like just failing an exam, you know, is like, yeah. People take yeah, that like there's so, it's it's such a high stress place, like especially in like the business sector of Japan. It's like super super crazy, like it's intense. Um, so basically, in most of these cases, becoming johatsu is a way to just like have a fresh start. So. When these people disappear, they, you know, basically, I think, have to abandon their former, you know, residences, jobs, families, names, 
sometimes even your appearance, like dyeing your hair, cutting your hair, you know, getting a nose job. I don't know, you know, a number of different ways, I guess you can do that. Um, so this part though, I thought was like the most interesting that there's a popular, um, like business to help people on their juhatsu journey. So there's like websites and everything. It's like a huge industry in Japan, like businesses to help people disappear. They're specializing businesses. I mean, it's not illegal to disappear, I guess, you know, that's the thing. So it is business, but they're probably helping them like get different identities and stuff like that. I would, I don't know. Yeah. And it, it sounded like in what I was reading about it, like the police don't really get involved yeah with it like they're like kind of against it as a culture but like I think it's just like not regulated really in any way so they just kind of leave it alone yeah it's frowned upon to disappear (laughs) yes (laughs) um oh and I have to just hear that um okay but that sorry that was my spiel on this johatsu but i um you know i was thinking with in this like it's actually harder to disappear than you think because like we were saying before the government can track you like has so much of your information like your credit card your phone everything like they're listening to everything we're saying right now like hi (laughs) hey guys um So, you know, it's actually, like, people find it very hard to disappear and get caught a lot of times. Um, And it made me think of this podcast, which, like, Podcast News Nerd Alert, because, we know, we've been listening to podcasts since, like, 1907. The radio. Remember the radio? Yeah. Big fan. I still listen to the radio in the car. car. I do, too. (laughs) I do too. I have like one CD that I'll like, if there's too many commercials, I've, I'll put my CD on, but a big, big, my radio doesn't always work in my car. As we know, I have a really old car, but it's been working lately. So <laughs> I'm on the up and up baby. My radio's working in my 2007 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> oh, I'm going to drive that thing until it Got can't you. be driven. Got it. Gato, gato. Um, anyway, okay, so back to the podcast nerd alert moment. Um, I wanted to recommend this episode from the podcast Criminal, and it's episode 61. It's all about like faking your own death. And for some reason, it's like from 2017, and I fully remembered it. Like, I was like, all of a sudden, oh my God, yes, there's like this episode of this podcast. I'm like, it has to have been either like criminal or my favorite murder. <laughs> there yeah. was only like a handful because I knew like it was not recent. Um, but anyway, it's a really interesting episode and she kind of interviews Phoebe judge um, interviews this woman about how she basically for research purposes, like tried to disappear. I do remember. And this. then, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she interviews a guy and is like, "Okay, how 
how do you recommend I disappear? And he like walks her through like the best way it to really disappear cool. yourself. So yeah. And they talk. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's so hard. Yeah. I had no idea before then. Like I never thought of it. So like I had no idea how difficult it like I was like, oh, yeah, God. So and now even more so with even more gadgets and gizmos that we're all carrying around um you know tracking us so anyway that is my spiel we are going to now turn it over to Liz who's going to discuss um kind of our main characters in this journey this evening and thanks for letting me yip yap about statistics of missing people. <laughs> yeah, it, I, it's a perfect way to set up the series and understanding that um, and all the different types of missing people, like you said, and why people go missing and why it's hard to find them or, you know, why they come back. Um, so yeah, this yeah. week we're talking about Patrick McDermott and Olivia Newton-John. And we, in you know, Patrick McDermott is really the main character here, but we have to talk about Olivia Newton-John because he's she is probably the reason why we even know who he is. Like when this 100%. went down, it was like Olivia Newton, John's boyfriend is missing. You know, it, it was like the reverse right. of how, you know, couples are where normally it's like George Clooney's wife or whatever, you know, it was Olivia <laughs> yes. <-John's> boyfriend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know like the name Patrick McDermott did not ring a bell. Like I couldn't have told you what his name was. You could have given me a list of like three names and I'd be like, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, Olivia Newton-John's boyfriend. Yeah, I thought we should like get to know these people first before we get into the disappearance part. So um, I'm going to do ladies first uh, and talk about Olivia Newton-John. This is from Olivia Newton-John or Olivia Newton-John.com. So her own words, you guys, this is what she has to say about herself or someone on her okay. PR team <laughs> said it. Yeah, wait. Um, Olivia Newton-John's appeal seems to be timeless. What an opening. <laughs> I know. I'm stealing that for my yeah. obituary. <laughs> yes. Timeless. <laughs> With the career spanning more than five decades, she is still a vibrant, creative individual adored by fans around the globe. Born in Cambridge, England in 1948, the youngest child of Professor Bryn Newton-John and Irene, daughter of Nobel Prize winning physicist Max Born, um, Olivia eventually moved to Melbourne, Melbourne, <laughs> Australia. Yes, pronounce it right. We got to get it right. Melbourne. For all our Australian <laughs> listeners out there. Um. <laughs> Good day. Good day to you. Is that what they say? I don't know. So she moved to Good Australia. Day family when she was five her first big break was winning a talent contest on the popular tv show sing 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 which earned olivia a trip to london um by the age of 15 she had formed an all-girl group called soul four <laughs> love it s-o-l-4 and <laughs> And in 1963, uh, she was appearing on local daytime TV shows and weekly pop music programs in Australia. Um, when she eventually took her prize-winning trip to London, she teamed up with her friend from Melbourne, 
Pat Carroll, who's now Pat Farrar, um, to create the double act, Pat and Olivia. Yay. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's cute. Love that for them. You know, we got a podcast. They got their double act. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so cute. The duo would tour army bases and clubs throughout the UK and Europe. Um, and Olivia cut her first single for Decca Records in 1966, which was a version of Jackie DeShannon's Till You Till You Say You'll Be Mine. And in 1971, she recorded a cover of Bob Dylan's If Not For You, co-produced by Bruce Welch and fellow Aussie and friend John Farrar, whom she continues to collaborate with today. Oh, um, wow. So yeah. they're like OTP. Yeah, she's still active today. Um, Olivia's U.S. album debut was Let Me Be There, produced um, her first top 10 single hit by the same name. Um, And she was honored by the Academy of Country Music as the most promising female vocalist and won a Grammy as the best country vocalist. So I didn't know, like, her music was considered country early on. Yeah. More 80, like, later 80s stuff, but... Yeah, she is a Grammy award-winning artist. (laughs) Wow, did not know that. Yeah, and this proved to be only the beginning of a very exciting career with more than 100 million albums sold. Uh, Olivia's successes include four Grammy awards, numerous country music, um, American music, and People's Choice awards, 10 number one hits, including Physical. Oh, the best one. That's the best one. Physical, yeah, that's physical. what I, I think of Olivia Newton-John. Um, Absolutely. That topped the charts for 10 consecutive weeks, making the number one single of the 80s and over 15 top 10 singles. In November 2015, Billboard magazine listed Physical at number eight on their top 100 songs of all time. And in 2010, it was listed as the sexiest song of all time. (laughs) Yes, I was just thinking, like, it just kind of, like, my brain exploded because when I was little and heard that song, you know, she's, like, in her little, like, step aerobics gear or whatever, like, okay, you're getting physical, like, you're working out. And now (laughs) I'm, like, wait... Like, let's get yeah. physical cake. Come on. <laughs> Hello. Oh my God. I like need to listen to the song in full, like with this context. Yep. Yep. It definitely like has that double entendre. <laughs> um, oh God. I love it even more now. Yep. Uh, and so then also in 2015, Olivia was ranked number 20 on Billboard's greatest of all time hot 100 100 artists and was wow. number seven on Billboard's greatest of all time hot 100 women artists. So Wow. And then probably- that's pretty crazy because I would never think of her. I don't think like if someone brought her up, I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 maybe. But like, I would never just think like, you know, she just isn't at the top of mind. But God, she really was like. She was really big in her time. Like, I mean, so and I think what most people really also think of her from is Greece and start alongside. Absolutely. 
Um, and so that was in 1978. And that's what really launched her to superstardom. Um, and it earned her a Golden Globe nomination as best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical or comedy. Um, and the film's best selling soundtrack featured the duets. Yep. One that I want summer nights um, with John Travolta. And hopelessly devoted to you. So to date, Grease remains the most successful movie musical in history. So it she has to. She is like was big, still big. Everybody knows Sandy um, from Grease. Yeah. Did you have that soundtrack? I had that soundtrack. I, I could sing probably to this day. I could sing both Sandy and John's parts in. Yeah. Any duet they sing, I could, I can sing probably if I like turned on that record because you know I have like a record player. <laughs> what am I talking about? If I turned on any of those songs, I'd be able to sing them. I think every it's word. Timeless, just like, just like Miss <gasps> on herself. Wow, it is. Um, she also did a few other movies. Um, so she was also in Funny Things Happen Down Under. Tomorrow, Xanadu, Two of a Kind, It's My Party, Sorted Lives, Score a Hockey Musical, and... What? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, Score. I need to find that on YouTube right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's the other thing. She's also, like, we know her in America, but I think she's kind of like Kylie Minogue in my mind. Yes, that is... Oh, my God. Huge in Australia. Yes, this is when our brains collide because that is exactly who I was picturing in my mind. Yes. So I think they're like just bigger international stars than we realize they are. So. (laughs) Absolutely. So that that's Olivia Newton John in in her words on her website. Um, So next we'll talk about Patrick McDermott, who um, like. Like, there's not that much information about this guy. Uh, Like I said, we don't really, we didn't know too much about him until he was linked to Olivia Newton-John anyway. So um, he was born in Seoul, South Korea on September 18th, 1956. And it was believed that he was born to a Korean mother and an American father. He was given up for adoption by his mother and adopted by an American family when he was two years old. Uh, according to his adoption card, his birth name was Kim Chong Nam. Um, so that's that's his early life. Then we go straight to his marriage, his first marriage. <laughs> I know, I know. There's like nothing really about him. Wow. Okay. Well, because he was, he's really best known for being with Olivia yeah. Newton-John. So of course and- we're going to know most about him <laughs> yeah. around that time. Totally. He's yeah, exactly. So um, he married the actress Yvette Napar, I think is how you say her last name, in 1992 and divorced around 1994. They have a son named Chance McDermott. Um, McDermott had filed for bankruptcy in 2000 and had received a court order to pay overdue child support to his former wife. Um, He was working as a cameraman and a gaffer when he, um, oh, and a lighting designer, uh, when he met Olivia Newton-John, um, and they actually had an on and off again relationship for nine years. So they met on the set of a commercial in 1996. Um, I don't know what commercial. Okay. 
but like that he was obviously working, you know, on the crew and she was probably in it. Um, she once called him the most romantic person I've ever met. So, you know, there was definitely some love there. I think they were very private during their time together, only stepping out in public a handful of times. Um, and, and I don't know if you read this anywhere, but I read it and then I couldn't find the source again, but I think like contrary to popular opinion, they weren't together when he disappeared, but they had been on and off for nine years, obviously like, you know, never moved on with anyone else. Um, so, you know, there's obviously some feelings still there, you know, you're, it's probably like a Ross and Rachel kind of thing. Like we will eventually get back together. You know, I can see that. Yeah, no, totally. And, and it's interesting that they've only, like they only stepped out in public like a few times because there is that one paparazzi picture of them. Yeah. And that is like probably one of the few times that's why it's like, that's the picture used for everything for them because there probably isn't a ton to choose from. So that is interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, he, he wasn't a celebrity, but you know, before his relationship with her, um, but definitely, you know, I think was in this kind of Hollywood um, realm for sure. So, you know, I can see why they, they worked well, you know, for so long. Um, but yeah, so then we get to the disappearance part, which is just so crazy. And, you know, I just feel so bad for her. So why, why, why don't you take yeah. us there? <laughs> okay, well, you're gonna love my first sentence. Contrary to popular belief, Olivia and Patrick were not dating at the time of his disappearance. For me. <laughs> If I had just scrolled down. (laughs) No, it's better when we don't read each other's notes. Um, Yeah, I found that super interesting, too, because I could have sworn every headline was Olivia Newton-John's boyfriend. (laughs) So that was being misreported. Big shocker in that heyday of, you know, Mm -hmm. crazy tabloid media. Um, so like you were saying, they had this on and off relationship for like nine years and supposedly, as you were saying, they had kind of more of an amicable split, I guess. Is that what you said? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't read that, like anything about you know, whether it was bad or amicable or anything, but like, I right, just, okay. just because they kept to get, they kept getting back together over the course of nine years that, you know, there was something right. like, in them back to each other. True, true, true. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I guess we don't know that. how it ended. Well, I did read in one thing that he was supposedly very despondent over the last breakup, but. Oh, okay. So maybe he, yeah, depression. He could have just said, I'm disappearing. Or he could have really disappeared. Okay. Um, so I guess we don't know what kind of terms they were on. But this is still like a super traumatic event for her and his family and him. You know, I guess. So the question really is, what happened to Patrick McDermott? So 
He was reported missing June 30th, 2005, after he never came back from an overnight fishing trip off the coast of California. So, gun, California. Um, the cameraman... By one person. It, <laughs> yeah. So, the, he's, you know, cameraman. He's, I guess, like, a really good fisherman. So, he was, you know, a passenger on this chartered boat named Freedom which left the San Pedro Marina in LA on June 5th for San Clemente Island, which is approximately 90 kilometers away. So, um, you know, he's going out on this chartered boat, going to do some fishing for the night. You know, they probably wake up really early, go fishing in this specific spot and then head back, you know, um, so the boat returned as scheduled the next day and no incidents were reported. So, you know, no one's, I mean, I feel like as soon as the boat docked, they'd be like, oh my God, somebody jumped overboard. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. Like, no reports. And they would have like tried to radio if there was, you know, if true. something happened. <laughs> true, 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 true. Um, but it was only discovered 10 days later that he excuse me, had not returned with the vessel, which like nobody noticed. Like there's no captain's law, like people on people off. Like I feel like yeah, that's pretty like standard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Unless it's like a private thing that was, you know, I don't know if it was like him and his friends or like he was part of like, a, but if it was like part of like a group, like a tour group, I would think they would have, you, you would hope, I guess. Right. <laughs> Right. And I'm sure with a little digging, I could find out like, you know, how like legit this, but like how big the boat was, how many people, the things I read didn't say specifically, like, I think it might've said he was with at least one friend mm. on this, mm -hmm. with this group, but like, he didn't say anything. It's very suspicious, very suspicious. So, um, okay. So the only reason people realized he was missing 10 days after the boat came back was his ex-wife, actress Yvette N Nipar, Nipar? Oh, N-I-P-A-R, sorry, Nipar, um, when he failed to appear for a visitation scheduled with his son, Chance, as we were discussing earlier, who was at the time 13. So she's the one who's like, okay, you're supposed to be, like, at this visitation, your son's 13, like, it's be there for him. For 10 days, no one else reported him missing. You know, obviously, yeah. like, she's his ex. She's probably not talking to him unless she needs to, you know, about their kids. So probably not every day, right? You know, and she knows this is coming up, right. so see him then. But, like, no one else, like, is checking. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he doesn't have to report to a boss every day, right. you know, yeah. Maybe he missed a meeting, which was, like, weird, but, you know, maybe like the friends. person would be like, oh, whatever, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like you have to have plans, because, like, I could be missing for 10 days, and maybe you would probably notice, because you'd be like, why haven't you sent me something on Instagram? <laughs> I would definitely notice, yeah, if you didn't look at every message on Instagram, if it, if it hadn't been seen. <laughs> Yeah, true. Okay, that's that's how we'll know <laughs> if we're missing or not. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is it is 
just a little suspect that, yeah, it had been 10 days. So according to reports, no one had seen or heard from McDermott since the fishing trip. His bag, wallet, and keys were later located at the boat's office, which I also read were left like on his bed that he slept on. Oh, um, so not sure which, you know, if that's just like hearsay, allegedly, you know, on his bed. Um, and his car was parked at the marina where he left from. Mm-hmm. So um, he was officially reported as a missing person 10 days after the boat came back. So the U.S. Coast Guard, of course, investigated the disappearance and concluded that he had fallen off the boat and drowned. So, you know, possible Natalie Wood situation, mm-hmm. like, quote unquote, falls off. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe the maybe the friend he went fishing with, he owed money to because he did have debts. And maybe that person took him out on this ship or this fishing expedition knowing we'll get out super far. I'm going to get him in this private area I can toss him over like people would not know necessarily you know like you could do this in a discreet way I feel like which is super creepy and I'm never getting on a boat again (laughs) yeah I mean like I think exactly like you're you're not when you're on a boat like there's so many different places and spaces and people aren't always constantly around you so I and I feel like if it's just depending like on if you're in the ocean, which, you know, I think he was like, you might not even hear that big of a splash if you do go overboard. Right. Yeah. So Olivia Newton, John said of the disappearance, he was lost at sea and nobody really knows what happened. It's human to wonder, but you have to accept and let go. So she was interviewed in 2016 by 60 minutes and and spoke about you know, she hadn't said like anything about it. Like people were always kind of like, okay, like what is the deal with like Olivia Newton-John's like ex that she had recently broken up with, like disappearing, like what's going on? And she's, I think she's pretty private. Um, But she had accepted just like the ex-wife and son, he's dead. Like that's, And even if you think maybe he could still be alive, like you would have to just decide like, no, I think like, I'm just going to go with that. I think he's dead. And that's what I'm just going to go with like publicly or whatever, you know, too many unanswered questions that will just drive you crazy for the rest of your life. Yep. No matter how much therapy you have, you will never know answers. So you just have to decide what happened in your mind and just like move on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, totally, totally. It is a defense mechanism, I guess you could call it. Yeah, you you have to. Um, So the question is, if he did fake his own death, like, why? Why would he fake his own death? So he could have been killed. Mm -hmm. He could have just walked off the boat and got a cab, you know, (laughs) left his car there, just like left everything there. And started a new life. I, I don't know. That yeah, it is possible because we don't know. Overboard, right? Right. Just slipped or something. Yeah. Yep. But so since he fell off the boat in 2005, he has never been found. His body has never been found. So there has been some speculation, which this is like 
the best part of the whole thing, that he staged his own death amid financial trouble and to free himself from child support payments. God. So he's just so stressed. He's like, I can't like man up and get this done. The best thing I can do is fake my own death. Or maybe he did purposely jump off the boat, you know, so Ah. he wouldn't have to deal with that. Um, So questions remain as to why no one on the vessel saw him go overboard as his fellow fishermen have sworn that they saw him disembark upon returning to. Oh, okay. Sorry. Record scratch. Record scratch. According to these fishermen, which makes me more suspicious of the fishermen. Like he owed them money and they were just like, let's get rid of him out here. Oh, interesting. Or he did, like you say, he came back. Maybe he just never got in his car, just got a cab and just left, you know? Right, right. Yeah. We, we don't know. Wow. This, this is why people can't handle unsolved cases. Like, we can just speculate all day. Like, we just don't know. It's, I know. it's, it's maddening. Sad. It's the fun of it, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, of course, according to other reports, he was documented paying his food bill during the last hour of the trip. So this is documented that the last hour of the boat ride for everyone, he had paid for his food bill. So between that hour out and shore, something happened or didn't. We don't know. We don't know. Well, and why pay your food bill if you're planning to disappear? I know. I just be like, sorry, not going to happen. You know, you know, you're planning to do this. So you can, you don't need to go back and settle a tab, which makes it seem more like he was planning to leave and disembark and, you know, get off the the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe like his card got declined and he couldn't even pay for his food bill and then he just jumped off because he's like, I can't even pay my food bill. Like he seems like he was in a bad, I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't with the love of his life, you know, supposedly, allegedly, maybe, I don't know. I'm making that up, but, um, and you know, he has an ex who's got to pay child support too. I'm sure if he has a 13 year old son, they probably have a strained relationship just because like you know he's probably in a not the most positive mindset at this time so if like his card gets declined then that's just like another thing add it to the list of like I don't know I can just see really any Mm -hmm. any situation can play out here um so let's see Okay, so then there's these photos. So, like, is he still alive? Did he fake his death? Is he living as someone else, like, somewhere else in the world? So, uh, of course, his family is, like, wants to follow any lead of, like, reports that people have seen him, right? And friends. But also, there's private investigators who are getting in on this Patrick McDermott action. So there's this U.S. entertainment news program called Extra. You might have heard of it. They hired... (laughs) 
extra, extra. I used to watch watch extra like every night. Oh yeah. Right? We must have even like in college. Entertainment tonight, extra entertainment tonight. Back and forth between those two. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, so Extra hired this private investigator, John Nazarian, who was allegedly made aware of sightings of McDermott in Mexico, with witnesses claiming they saw him with a German woman. So multiple sightings. So this private investigator was like, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like these pictures, too, were, like, all over the tabloids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sighting of him when when it first happened, like, on the beach. Yeah, for sure. But, like, this just gets me thinking even more. I'm like, how did he get from the ocean to Mexico? Like, if he, if he was on that boat, you know, like, I don't think he could swim that far. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Well, maybe... Maybe, Maybe there was another boat waiting for him, and but someone would see that, like so. Well, right, but maybe the other fishermen were like, okay, like in on it, and they like made a pact that they would I never. My mind, or another reason to come back to shore, but like make it seem like you had drowned out there, but gotten off and just like headed down to Mexico. But yeah. his wall and everything. Yeah. Was, how could he have? I don't know. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> I need to uh, know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. And in that criminal episode, they're going over, like, all the things you have to make sure you do before you, like, decide to leave. So, like, you have to have, like, so many things in the works, like, mapped out already. So, I don't know. I mean, if he did pull this off, good for him because as I was saying before to you, like if, if you are not found as someone who faked their death, then you successfully faked your death. We will never know. Like no one will ever know exactly the case of someone successfully faking their own death. Like person comes and reveals themselves. They've done it. They've accomplished it by us not knowing. Yes. Yes, it's just like, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. I can't even. So, um, okay, there was another sighting allegedly in South America with Philip Klein, who's another private investigator hired by the U.S. Um, the U.S. program, hired by Dateline, another name, of course, super familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so he told them that McDonald's was seen alive like he told Dateline yeah he's been seen so um this guy this private investigator even released what like two private investigators now two different yes and I think I think there's even like more but these were the most so this Klein guy he released a book in 2012 titled Lost at Sea the Hunt for Patrick McDermott um in which he documented his hunt for obviously Patrick McDermott. Um, But shortly after the book's release, um, Patrick McDermott's ex-wife asked Amazon to stop promoting the book, Mm. saying that 
Klein is, quote, a serial liar who is simply looking to be famous at the expense of an unfortunate tragedy in our lives. So this is kind of where we get into, like, the aftermath of the situation, like, of this disappearance. Like, this is the aftermath. He's disappeared. Well, I can see people definitely... You know, if you're not a trustworthy person taking trying to take advantage of this family, right? Because like he may still be out there. You're like preying on their hope, and you know, so mm-hmm. if there are some con men that she's had to deal with, right? And more people will stay interested in it, like because if it's like, oh, he's dead, then it's like story's over. But if you keep on this thing, like, yeah, he's alive, he's alive, yeah, you're like hooking them on. So, uh, you know, his ex's wife, his his ex-wife and like, you know, basically all the family, even Olivia Newton-John, like believe that he's dead and they want the bookstores to stop selling this book out of respect for the family. But um, let's see. His ex-wife said, in a nutshell, Mr. Klein has promised us the family proof of life for years now, yet has never provided anything whatsoever which is what she wrote in her letter to Jeff Bezos, which don't even get me started on him. Um, so she was like, I want Amazon to like not sell this book, blah, blah, whatever, wrote him a letter. Um, she said also, my son has been through enough emotional torment over this. He has yet to be able to move on due to Mr. Klein's continual effort to keep him in the public eye. So that's like super sad. Yeah. <laughs> when you think of it that way, like this guy does have a family and they really don't know what happened to him. So they are the ones staying awake at night, like also, wondering. The biggest speculation out there is that he disappeared because he didn't want to pay child support. Like, so yeah. like, is he like the ultimate deadbeat you know and then they just have to keep hearing about that and like you know whether you know whether he had a good relationship with her son or not we don't know but like that's not great to keep hearing that about your dad if you did have a good relationship with him you know like yeah totally yeah it is totally totally um okay so since oh did you want to do the aftermath because i feel like this is kind of gone into it there was i was just okay things that like that if you didn't cover it but you talked about um well actually you didn't talk about this yet but you did talk about um the private investigator's book but his ex-wife Yvette Napar is actually writing a book as well um and the one and only Olivia Newton-John is helping her with the book uh, yes, I have, love that they're like teaming up. Yes, they have become friends since Patrick McDermott's um, disappearance. And um, the book is titled What Are the Chances? A play on the name of his son, Chance. Um, he's about 20, 29 now. And it's a memoir that she's been wanting to write for many years. And so she just finally is at a point where she's ready to, you know, write it and she has the support of Olivia Newton John who you know they have bonded over their grief and like confusion over the whole thing right I mean I think that's the, the nice solace in it is like you there's someone else who's just as boggled and has like almost the exact same emotions as yeah. you, that you can bond with in this crazy thing right right and I think I think he was only married to that his 
first wife or his ex-wife for like a year or something, but they had a child together. So they had to, they had to like, you know, coexist for the sake of the child. So it is like, even though Olivia Newton-John and he didn't have children, like they seemed like, you know, they were together nine years. They probably had like a really deep relationship, you know, that's a long time that it's either either relationship yeah it's it is something that would tragically like bond people together yeah so I mean fortunately it sounds like Chance is doing good he's followed in his father's footsteps and gone into a career in Hollywood as a musical score composer um so definitely sticking in that that for him um, and things have also turned out okay for the one and only Olivia Newton-John. Um, while Patrick's disappearance has been hard for her to accept, um, because, like, obviously she still wonders about whether or not he is alive, you know, but like you said, she's kind of chosen to believe that he's not alive. Um, but there's a lot of years of questioning. Um, and since then, in two, um, on June 21st, 2008, she married her second husband, John Easterling. He is the president of Amazon Herb Company, not the Bezos Amazon, different one. Um, <laughs> and they got married in an Incan spiritual ceremony in Peru, followed by a legal ceremony nine days later. <laughs> wow. Really love that for her. Yeah, I would have not okay. expected from Olivia Newton-John, Incan uh, wedding ceremony. But it, yeah, it sounds like she's doing good. She's bonded with um, Yvette and and has, you know, love again. She's been married since 2008. They've still stayed together. So, you know, happily oh, ever. Oh, love that. Yeah, well, what a timeless story. <laughs> Just like the one and <laughs> theme for today, timeless. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, whether this guy's alive or not, it's crazy. I don't know if we'll ever know. Um, you know, the, the photos, I do remember when the photos came out and they weren't like super close or anything. I think they said a lot about like, he had the same widow's peak and similar eyes. And yeah, but I feel like there's a lot of guys that could look yeah. that have that distinct look like any like 80s or early 90s, like, movie would have, like, a character that had that same hair, same kind of face, like, big smile. Well, and if you were I don't know. to disappear, why wouldn't you change your appearance? <laughs> you know, you would probably die. Yes. Change it or, you know, like, do something to throw people off. I mean, even if it has been years... I just think that, yeah, you would probably attempt to change it a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, wow. That was a great little jaunt down memory lane. And I hope you guys remember this case, like, while it's happening. Well, I guess it still is happening because we don't know. He's still a missing person. Yeah, and I don't think... Presumed the- dead, though, I guess. Yes, it is presumed dead, and I don't think the book that Yvette is writing is out just yet, so if you are interested, that'll be coming out soon, probably, so look for that in the headlines. Um, but yeah, I know this one just definitely took me back. Um, such a crazy thing to happen to like someone who's so 
famous too, you know, like for her to get dragged this when she's probably like, Oh my God, I, we broke up. Uh, why are they saying this? (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, without her in the equation, this would just be like probably a popular local news story, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but nothing, probably nothing more. So, and I do think there is talks of like a documentary episode, you know, because Netflix is loving the true crime documentary. Uh, I guess all the streaming services are into it because everybody's into it because it is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. All these crazy things that happen. Definitely could see this as yeah. a documentary. Um, you know, I mean, I guess it would be op- up to whether or not, you know, anyone involved really wants to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, well, I'm thinking it's going to be after she releases this book because we yeah. really, there really isn't like, there's a lot of articles, but they all say the same thing. Like there isn't a lot of specific detail about what went on, like in the family, you know, before, mm-hmm. after, like we just, we don't know. So yeah, we, we haven't heard from them. Like you said, like it took Olivia like 16 years before she said something about it. Right. And even then she didn't go too deep into it. Yeah. So I'm sure the book will be very enlightening or at least maybe present us with some new ideas for what happened to him. Just more things to speculate about. Oh, well, that was great. I'm going to go rest my voice until next week. Uh, <laughs> we will be back next week with another disappearance. Um, so look out for that and hit us up. Hit us up in our DMs. Rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. Um, we love you guys. Yes, love you, mean it. Bye. Bye.